And welcome back to issue 12 of TLDR. I'm your friendly neighborhood backcracker, Dr. Joe. And with me, as always, is my hunk in crime. And together, we are the Woodward and Bernstein of the Dorkshire Universe. Fire, my man, how's it going? I'm doing very well, Doc. We had a pretty pretty decent week this week for books. I know mm-hmm. you had a few things. I had a couple things. But before we get to any of the new releases, there was an announcement. Now, I can't, now it's been a little bit, so I can't remember if it was early in the week. Or if it was the day after we did TLDR 11, but TKO announced their third wave of books, and they're doing three books that are that are trades like the ones that I've you know I talked about Sarah. I'm talking about another one tonight. They're straight up one to six issues. I'm sorry, issues one through six, and you can also get them as individual issues. I know you asked me about that. Yeah. You can get them as like a box set, but they're also doing some some ongoing series too. I think they're a little bit abbreviated. I'm not entirely sure what's going on there. But we did get the, the three main titles that are going to be coming out. The first one is the one that I think we're both most excited about, Doc. Yep. Lonesome Days, Savage Nights, by Steve, co-written by Steve Niles and Salvatore Simone, who the latter was one of the co-founders of, yep. um, of TKO Studios. And Niles was on, I believe he was part of the 30 Days of Darkness. I think he... I think he that or wrote that or he was involved in that somehow so what before well actually i should probably read the the synopsis of this so this is described as a supernatural crime story about a private detective with one hell of a trick up his sleeve and a monster under his skin yeah right up my alley right up my alley crime and supernatural shit like side me up i am in Absolutely. I, this, the, the art on this looks awesome too and this is drawn by tom uh, i'm sorry Kudransky. I didn't get his first name, Kudransky. But um, but the, this this stuff looks epic to, to me. Yeah. Like it, it's got like an old school feel to it. Of like, I I think it's more a set in modern times, but the art feels like it's um, Dracula times. I guess you yeah. know, you, you, it's no secret. Like we're seeing a werewolf in every picture yeah. with it. So that's what seems like that's, that's what this guy's got going on. I will one thousand percent be reading this. The other two titles. Are, that one seems like a guaranteed lock must read for anybody who's looking for indie books. The other two, you're you seem locked in with a lot of other people on this other one, Doc. It's um, Red, Red Fork. Yeah. Yes. So why are you in on this one for sure? Well, so again, it's uh, it's kind of in my wheelhouse here. So the series follows an ex-con who returns uh, to his hometown, realizing realizes something sinister is draining the very life from the town. So earlier in the week, you said you you, you know you you pegged me as a as a horror guy. Is it's my favorite genre? <laughs> yeah. And it's not my favorite genre. I've been doing it this month because of Dorktober, but I I do enjoy it a lot. And you know it's. If anyone follows me on uh, on uh, Twitter, they will know I've been playing some spooky games uh, <laughs> lately, and I have been scared out of my goddamn mind. I don't do well with jump scares, so when it, it horror is in comic form, it's fine because nothing's jumping out at me, it's scaring the shit out of me. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I do like that suspense, that sort of horror feel, um, and and I love it when there's something afoot, uh, something sinister. And uh, this, to me, this just sounds really, really great. I'm looking forward to it. You truly are a man of people going and playing scary video games like that, giving yourself guaranteed nightmares. Honestly, when I, I had to say it like that when I saw that video of, of you on Twitch, yeah. because it's like I, he's re, he's reviewed a horror book every week this month, including this this episode of TLDR, and it's yep. <laughs> poor bastard. <laughs> um, by the way, I love that you're sporting a dork shirt after what Matthew McConaughey said. Although I think That's we have been. 
I think we aren't under the umbrella of people that McConaughey went after as much as we're part of the Dorkshire universe because Mac has yeah. labeled both you and I as nerds previously. That is, that's correct for our love of Lord of the Rings. Exactly, which is totally logical. Uh, yeah. But I, I, I'll take that. I've always said I was a nerd anyways, not a, not a dork, but I mean, I'm, I'm fine with that. They're all just labels. The other book, Doc, that I know you're not necessarily in on as much, I know I'm, I have apprehension because of Steve Orlando and he wrote uh, Commanders in Crisis. And I talked about that last week where it was, it was a bit of a letdown. I will be going back and looking at that for sure. Probably try and power through the first three issues and let you guys know what my, you know, let you know every step of the way what I think. But he wrote The Pull. Now, this is illustrated by Lopez Ortiz and colored by Triona Farrell. And it looks to, I think it looks pretty good, at least from the artwork that I've seen. It's a sci fi series that asks the ultimate question, which I would love your answer on this, Doc. What would you do if you only had six days left to live? Give up or fight back? Yeah, so we, we had a good little exchange about this earlier. I do not need to read comic books. They make me think about my own mortality more than I already do. Where? <laughs> so, oh, you, oh, you think about your mortality a lot? <laughs> well, you know, I'm a fat guy, so I could drop any day. Uh, seriously, uh, you know, I mean, I, I do love sci-fi stuff, but the, this idea of, you know, what are you going to do if you only have six days to live? I'm going to tell you what I'm going to do if I have six. I'm going to be sad as shit, right? <laughs> so you're just going to sit there and take it. I'm going to sit there. I'm going to eat Shake Shack five times a day. Okay. I'm going to be sad as shit. I'm going to be mopey and depressed as fuck. Pardon my French. Uh, and, 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 but I love this idea of a fight back. Why the hell am I going to bother fighting back if I'm going to die anyways? Well, Why I, am I going to spend that energy? That's the part I don't understand all this. When we were texting about this earlier, like the, the give up. Okay, I get it. You said it yourself. You know, you're sad as shit. You give up, whatever. Why bother? Why go on? What's the point? Like my life's about to end. What's the fight back part? Like that, now that also gets me a little bit interested, but I'm also confused. You're trying well, to work it, it. It would imply that you don't really have six days to live. And if that's the case, well, then, okay, maybe – Maybe I won't actually die, but it's, it's right there. There's six days left to live. That seems pretty finite to me. Yeah, but how about you, sir? What would you do if you only had six days left to live? Uh, I think I would do if, and I guess we're going under the, are we going under the assumption that we're completely by ourselves in this? Like we're last man on earth style? Uh, no, let's, let's go under the assumption that you're oh. just some poor schmuck that you've got six days left to live. I think I would do everything I could to make it where it's only, I only have five days left to live. <laughs> Yeah. Gotcha. Right. Go all out, whatever. No, no, no regrets. Right. That's the way you're supposed to yeah. live life anyways. Right. So yeah. seriously, the last, I would, I would probably, I, okay. For being real, I'd probably do some stupid shit, but I would read a lot of the books that I haven't gotten to read yet. And I yeah. would, hmm, I would there are probably a couple things I'd want to watch. What? And do a shit ton of peyote. Right? Yeah. <laughs> that would be a first. So yeah, maybe, maybe I would do that. Um, but I, 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 I don't know if I, I, I'll tell you what I wouldn't do. I wouldn't want to sleep a lot. I don't like sleeping in, in general. Like I just always been the person who just like, I want to be up all the time. I always feel like I'm missing something. So I, I, I know that's one thing I wouldn't do, but anyways, so that's not as sexy as an answer as yours. I guess. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> My thought was depressing. <laughs> well, everything you do is sexy doc. Anyways. So this week you have, a, you have a DC book plan for us, but I don't want to jump to that yet. Of course, because there are actual books that came out this week. But we can start with DC. Yeah, we'll start with DC. Because I, I know I know there's one book that you were very, very excited about that I also read, reviewed for Geeks Worldwide, got my stamp of approval for sure. 
Batman White Knight, colon, White Knight Presents Harley Quinn, issue one. Yeah. Outstanding. Yeah. Oh, it was great. And and what I love is Sean Murphy's doing this as well. Um, and I think I think we said this before, Curse of the White Knight, and, and, and you had uh, talked about White Knight earlier. It's probably one of my favorite Batman stories. Mm-hmm. It's just, you know, it's it's different. Uh, the art's great. The storytelling's great. You know, where the characters end up at the end of um, Curse of the White Knight uh, carries over. We're, we're, I think this one takes place a couple of years in the future. Yes, and, or you know, a couple of years. Yeah. And um, I like how what they're doing with Harley Quinn in this in this book. And I love a good – Batman is at his best, I've said this before, when he's detecting. That's mm-hmm. why I um, am enjoying uh, Batman's Grave so much because it's about – him being a detective and, and and I love a good detective story. And, and now it's getting Harley Quinn to, into that role. And mm-hmm. um, I love, I love how it's drawn. The characters continue on. It's got that same feel that Curse of the White Knight had. Uh, so I, I'm all in. I'm all the in. other thing though, about Batman when he's at his best is when it seems like he's completely overmatched and he seems like there yes. is no way out. He has no hope. That was something about the bat, the um, it was actually Snyder's, uh, Batman Who Laughs series too that came after DC Metal that I thought was great too, yeah. and then and that's the other thing with Sean Murphy's Curse of, uh, White Knight and Curse of the White Knight too, and it's in you're getting the detective Batman like you talked about, but at the same time it seems like he is completely overmatched, and this is the time mm-hmm. where he, Batman's at his roots. This is you know this is where this is where he operates. He shouldn't be yeah. having any issues, and look where he is now. I mean, if you haven't read Curse of the White Knight. Uh, you know, you should have by now. I mean, I know Keith's yep. not a huge fan. If you don't, if you're like Keith and you don't like the White Knight stuff, then you're not going to like this. Can guarantee right. you that. But you're right. Sean Murphy is on this. He's working with his wife, actually, Katana Collins, who's actually a legit yep. novelist. And I and she handled. They did the story together. She handled the script of this, and I thought yep. she did a really good job. I actually had one of my favorite lines. I don't. I, I can't remember. I know I had it in my review, but one of my favorite lines that I've uh, heard in comic read in comics this year. So. I think she. I think this series is going to be good. If you liked the Curse of the White Knight stuff and in the White Knight, um, the original White Knight as well. Also, the art on this too. I, I forgot to write down who the artist was, but it's not Sean Murphy, and he's been doing all the White Knight stuff prior. But it's very but similar. It, yes, it's very similar, but with like a slight. You know, it's it's focused on Harley Quinn, so it has a slight like tint. Like she looks a little bit different. She looks a little bit more yeah. refined. It's not as yeah. gr- quite as gritty as Batman. White Knight, where it's all from the perspective of Batman and, and Joker and stuff. So I, I thought they did. A re- they found a really good artist for that, and they made a really good transition. Also, that came out this week, Doc. Dark Knight's Death Metal Robin King. So it's another one of those one-offs. And you have not read this one yet, right? I have not. I'm trying to go uh, right in line here and catch up. Okay. Where are you right now on this? Uh, I am going back. So I went and, and picked up uh, the original. Um, oh, you're still on metal? Yep. So I'm almost oh. done with that because I've been – been bounced around a bunch of stuff, so I'm almost done with that. And I've already read the first two issues of um, Death Metal. Or, okay, you know, okay. Right. So I'm, lot, I'm no, just, that's, like I don't like the metal is a lot to take in the, the original metal because there's, there's all the the evil Batman who you have to you have taken yeah. uh, the Dark Multiverse Batman. You got to read their origin stories. You have the other little one off thing they have like night that not one off um side series that was going on with like Harley Quinn and, and Green Arrow and Nightwing, and then there's the the regular line. So yeah. going back and reading that is daunting. And I, I would think that this could get a little confusing if you did that too. But if you're checking out the reviews, at least you know what order to go in if you go to Geeks Worldwide. With the Robin yeah. King one, Doc, has to be the best one I've read so far. Best one-off yeah. I've read. 
out really? Freeman standing. It's great. Like if you guys see, the thing is, Snyder's done a really good job with this series in make. Like if you haven't read the one-offs, you're fine. You will you will survive. You will be able to know what's going on. You won't be left in the dark. He makes it so you don't have to do that. If you want more stuff, then absolutely. They've all been really good. But this is the one I would say, if you're going to pick one, read the Robin King story. I really enjoyed it. I thought it was nuts. And I, I again, in the in the review, I have the artist written down. I thought he did an outstanding job. And it's just like so, the characters are so twisted. It's a little bit different. But this, the Robin King is just a twisted little bastard too. So <laughs> I, it's really, it's really good. I enjoyed it. I, I think it's a testament to the series because you've really enjoyed the one-offs for the most part. I think there was uh, what, either last week or the week before there was one that you really liked. Yeah. And yep. it's, it's something when the one-offs are just as compelling as the main line. Yeah, the one-offs have been have been really good. I mean, he's gotten. I think Tomasi wrote this one, not John Tomasi, Peter Tomasi. <laughs> um, but he, I think he wrote this one, and then I think uh, I think Tynan's been on stuff. I think Christopher Priest had like a small hand in one of them. So like he's gotten all of the awesome writers. Jo- I mean, Joshua Williamson did the the Flash one, and Flash one I think was the one that got my lowest grade. But at the same yeah. time, I'm not a Flash guy. So that's right. that's like that's a that's a problem in the course role. It was so good. It's important to read that one. I, I'm just there's certain things I'm not going to quite get and appreciate as much as the as a normal Flash fan would. But I think from what I saw, most Flash fans did like what he what he did there. Also, Nightwing seventy five came out this week, and honestly, Doc, I it was weird. Like I, you know, you get you know you get a little spooked or whatever, right? When you read certain stories, and it's like, oh shit, I can't believe that just happened. Or Oh my God, that's sad. You know, you, you go through a range of emotions. It's a little different than movies. Not necessarily like um, I don't quite get like I wouldn't get teary eyed like I do in movies, which I definitely do. But yeah. I had a moment in reading Nightwing seventy five where I got like, "Fuck, man! Like this is some <laughs> sad shit right here." I, it was it, seriously, it really was. So if you if you gave up on Nightwing because of the Rick Grayson run, but you know what's kind of been going on with the Bat Family, there was a moment in there that. I think most adults could appreciate. So you've enjoyed the past couple of issues, if I'm not mistaken. Because well, Rick Grayson's gone. It's back to Dick Grayson. <laughs> Rick yeah. Grayson friggin' sucked. Oh my God. I mean, like it served a purpose. Just yeah. cut cut that in half. Seriously, cut it in half. It was so frustrating. Like they don't get me wrong, you could have turned it into something cool. But Scott yeah. Lobdell, I mean, he's I think he's just lost his fastball in general. So that was part of the problem. He was one that spearheaded that whole thing, I, I think, from the jump. Maybe not from the jump, but midway through, he, he didn't he didn't fix it up. Uh, for Marvel this week, Daredevil twenty three came out. Is that correct? Yeah, uh, it sure did. I haven't had a chance to read it yet, uh, but I, I I can't wait to get my hands on this. Have you been book. able to catch up a little bit recently? Where are you right now on it? Oh, oh I've, I've I've read up to this point. Right. Oh, you're so up to twenty two. I'm up, I'm up through twenty two. Yep. I just have to. Uh, I'll probably go next week and pick up a couple of weeks worth of books and nice. get all caught up again. Okay, yeah. nice. And yeah. let's see. Mar- okay, so a couple other Marvel books because none of them are ones that Doc and I are reading. Though this is one that I will be reading, Star Wars colon Bounty Hunters 6. I think this is the final issue of this, and I wanted to read it from the jump, but I think at the time – I think at the time I had a few Marvel things that I was reading. I had more DC titles going on. This was like pre-pandemic, and then the pandemic hit, so it was just like, obviously a yeah. bit of a mess since then. And I, I do want to read this. Have you looked at it, Doc? I haven't. This one sort of um, escaped my uh, my eyes. I think you know it was one of those books that's on the shelf too long, didn't read, and just kind mm. of you know, passed it over. 
Okay. Um, but in general, I've been liking a lot of the Star Wars. I mean, I, I've been reading Darth Vader and been reading another one of the Star Wars titles. Um, and they've been great. They do a good job. So um, this might be okay. something. When it comes out in trade, I might pick it up. Okay, I think I think that's what I'm going to do too because it's I, I've had my eyes on it for a while. So I'll, that's that's probably what I'll do. And then if I get it before you, then maybe we can do an episode on it quick. Uh, Juggernaut 2 comes out as well. Iron Man 2. And then Werewolf by Night 1. Now, Werewolf... I've never read any of the werewolf stuff from Marvel, but I know that is where years ago Moon Knight made his debut. The only reason I wanted to bring this one up, Doc, is because where we're seeing Keanu Reeves get in on the comics game, we are also seeing um, Taboo from the Black Eyed Peas getting involved. Which I, I, I mean, like I guess if you're gonna do it, you got to start somewhere, right? Yeah, hey, that's right. I mean, we saw Scott Snyder uh, promoting a Kickstarter from uh, of a book that's written by a, an NFL player. I, it, the name is escaping me at the moment, but really, uh, yeah, oh, yeah, he, yeah, 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 yeah. It's on. Uh, he's been pumping out updates lately on the Kickstarter for Noctera, and uh, one of the books he was uh, he was promoting. I, I I'll have to go back and and, uh, and huh. send you the link. But yeah, I did not uh, know that. I knew he, I know yeah. they send us stuff and they always promote a Kickstarter in there. I did not know there was an NFL player doing that though. I want I actually yeah. want to give that a shot then. Yeah, yeah, and that's maybe something we should um, we should look into. Uh, it sounded interesting. It's escaping my mind at the moment, but um, it's it's just fun to see you know you know famous people, whether it's athletes or actors or actresses or whoever you know, uh, dip their toes into the comic world and uh, yeah and. and see the stuff that they come up with i don't get me wrong like i i like like athletes who try and go and do a lot with the the power that they've been given and you know their money and and their you know people being aware of them and everything i do appreciate that but when they go and do something silly but kind of cool you know i mean like as much as you may be trying to make a statement with the comic that you're writing it's still a comic at the end of the day it's just it's a form of entertainment above all else i love seeing that so i definitely want to give this a shot now i i think i'm gonna back this no matter like blindly i might back this (laughs) all right and then uh we got uh boom studios what is out from them this week doc so last week I talked about something is killing the children. If if I was smart enough, I would have waited to do it this week. Uh, but uh, same, uh, something is killing the children. Issue eleven uh, came out yesterday, and I can't wait to get my hands on this. I I even thought about buying it digitally and owning it twice just so I could read it. Uh, the story is just, I mean, it's full throttle at this point. And uh, where it left off uh, on issue ten was uh, was fantastic. So. I can't wait to get my hands on that. And then uh, we, what's the rule, right? Mm-hmm. Boom, number one. You buy it. You grab it. So um, Dune, House of uh, – I'm going to butcher this, but uh, House of Adredes, uh number one came out. So this is a prequel to the movie uh, that will be coming out in 2021 that's got a thousand people in it. Mm-hmm. So Dune is a 1960s uh, cult sci-fi uh, sci-fi book, and I'm familiar with it. I'm pretty sure, you know, at least attempted to read it, you know, back in the day. But I'm not, you know, there's people that are hardcore into Dune, and they've tried, you know, they've made some movie. They made a movie in the 80s about it, I believe, and then some TV shows. But the movie's getting a lot of. Um, uh, it's it, it looks and sounds like it's going to be a phenomenal movie. So this is a prequel, uh, a prequel, a prequel uh, to that. <laughs> <Jesus. laughs> that was market clip uh, it. Let's do it. <laughs> uh. <laughs> so this is a prequel to that. And so the 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 Adderdys, uh family in the book Dune 
sort of oversee, they're the overseers of this planet that is the only known producer of the substance called spice. So it's a drug, it's fuel, uh, it, is, it is very important. And so when the, where this comic starts is before they get that power. And so I thought it was very interesting. I, like, I'm a big sci-fi guy. So what I'm hoping is I, I, I read, it's a 12-issue arc, read this, uh, and then I'm thinking about grabbing the book, reading the book, and then by the time I finish that, the movie should be out. Um, yeah. So I could really get a good feel uh, for this series. I do and find see what all the, all the love is about. And I know with Marvel, they've done a ton of prequels for their books, for their movies. Excuse me, they do like yeah. these one-offs. They're, they're like, but they're a little bit bigger issues. Um, and I, I think seeing it with them, yeah, it makes sense. You think fans would want to go and get that? I do find it interesting though, seeing a different movie, different company, then go and you know work with you know Boom in this instance. I just wonder, you know, are they looking at what compelled them to do that? Is it because the, the industry is doing the comics industry is doing so well, or is yep. there something else to it? So I, I, but I, either way, I just find it interesting, and I think it's a good sign for at least for comic books and everything. Yeah, and I don't know if it'll directly tie in, but I think someone saw there's a good opportunity to tell a good story here, and if it, mm -hmm. you know, because the movie was was you know it, it's been delayed because of COVID and all that, so right. I don't know. If, book was then pushed back later to help coincide with that or not but uh either way i i, I enjoyed it and, and i look forward to continue reading it so i know we have what else we have image and i know this the scumbag issue one came out i'm not i i don't know it didn't like i, I saw a couple dark horse titles that i'm probably going to pick up this week that just yeah. so this doesn't necessarily do anything for me. do you have anything from image uh, I do. So, yeah, I didn't really know too much about the scumbag uh, title that came out today. Uh, maybe it's something that I'll, I'll take a look at in the future, but it didn't seem like my cup of tea. But um, uh, speaking of Daredevil, Sadarsky's right? mm. writing that. So he um, issue number two of a book called Stillwater uh, came out today. And so I had no idea what this book was. And when I was looking at the new releases this week, is it Stillwater number two? Chip Zdarsky. So I said, well, shit, I got to go back. So I, I picked up issue one, mm -hmm. uh, read it today, and I love it. Oh, man. Again, Ooh. it's right across. It's, it's twisted. It's got supernatural elements to it. Um, the main character is a fucking prick. Pardon my French. Um, and it's, it's premised around he gets fired from his job because he's an asshole and he can't, he can't keep fighting. He can't stop fighting people. And he gets this mysterious letter saying a great grand aunt has died and left him in some, you know, large sum of money in this town called Stillwater. Oh. Um, so it's him and his buddy, you know, they travel there and it's the, the, the town is very mysterious Some strange shit's going on there. And it ends with a real, you know, effing bang. And uh, so I'm definitely going to uh, pick up issue two, read that immediately, and uh, continue on with the series. But Zadarsky, okay. man, he that guy can write, man. He's your guy. He's one He's of my guys. One of, He's guys. Not Rushmore. one of your guys. Yes, yes. Yeah, one of my guys. And then Family Tree 9 came out. Are you reading that? Yep, I'm reading that as well. There's another one of my guys, Jeff Lemire. Uh, again, oh, yeah. this is very twisted. Um, re really screwed up. It's a... Uh, <laughs> I can't, I can't describe it and, and, and do it justice. Okay. Uh, but uh, it's fantastic. I'll probably end up doing an issue on this somewhere down the road. I just need more time to like prepare my words and describe it. You know, gotcha. Without, without okay. Really now, yeah. Lemire also has a, a book over with 
TKO, by the way. I don't remember what it was called. He has something, but just when, you know, next next time when you order, when you end up ordering stuff from Wave Three, something maybe to consider. Oh hell yeah! It didn't look like it was my cup of tea. I think it was Sentient was the name of it. Okay. I, I don't I don't know if it'll be your cup of tea either necessarily, but something you want you may want to look into more since it's your guy. But uh, speak, I've mentioned before, Dark Horse they have Stranger Things uh, Halloween issue yep. one, so I think I might give this a shot. They've done Stranger Things stuff in the past, and I think it did pretty well. So I'll probably look at this. Why not? And then Assassin's Creed Valhalla colon song of glory i've read assassin's creed stuff in the past but i thought it was always with the titan so i don't know why it switched over to dark horse i don't hate that necessarily right um maybe it's just legal things or whatever but i i'm an assassin's creed comic absolutely i don't i ne- i played the game a handful of times doc but i the thing is see you know you right you davy shine gamers right obviously mac plays tons of games too i like when i played skyrim I, I the Elder Scrolls. I ripped the shit out of that game. Let me tell you. Oh my god! I played video games. Wait, I mean, look. If I wasn't, if I wasn't playing sports, I was playing video games when I was a kid. Yeah. Like I did my homework and stuff. Don't get me wrong, but like that, those are the two things I wanted to do. That was it, and it was a problem. So yeah. I've I learned that about myself and how I can just do <laughs> nothing if I get yeah. a good game. Yeah. So I, I, I don't remember. I, I own Injustice Two, and I enjoy that game. I got like the last two K game, which was yeah. with disappointment, and I have another one. But I won't get these. Like I won't get Assassin's Creed. I have. A t- like, I'm going to get Arkham Knights, but I'm terrified. What's going to happen when I get that? Because like <laughs> we're going to have play. some fun. If it's multiplayer, man, we're going to have some fun, and and we should play um, Injustice Two sometime. Get that up on stream. Do uh, can we do that cross platform though? Oh, are you an Xbox guy? I'm gonna switch to PS5. If I buy another thing, I'm gonna get it because all you guys have PlayStation. All you guys have. I've had Xbox forever, and I'm a fool for having having Xbox One. But yes, I would have yeah. done. I would have absolutely done. Played Injustice Two with you, but we'll we'll get um we'll get uh what is it um Arkham uh the Go- Gotham Knights rolling when it comes time for it. Oh yeah. yeah. Now what's this IDW thing so- you not set aside? Yeah, so I only put this up there because I'm a big Pearl Jam guy. Oh, okay. uh, I've been listening. I mean, Jesus Christ, I grew up with you know Pearl Jam. I'm I'm the old on this program, right? So mm. music's right in my wheelhouse. So uh, when the album uh, Yield came out, one of the songs was uh, "Do the Evolution," and they, their music video was a is, was an animated music video, and it was bananas. And so I guess they just released uh, uh, this week Pearl Jam's The Art of Do the Evolution. So I'm assuming it's going to be similar to what that X-Men, the animated series book that we all have, uh, The Art of and Making of. So hmm. it's probably a nice thick book. It's pretty expensive. I think it's like 70, 75 bucks. But a nice big hardcover, nice coffee table book where you can flip through and uh, you know probably get all the inside details that went into making the the music video and the song and all that from the band. So ah. I just wanted to put that up there. So I, thought, I thought it was pretty neat. So. Yeah, X Men: The Animated Series one too. Speaking of that, was I think I mentioned already that I ended up reviewing that for Geese Worldwide. Yep. I got a copy of that. Very nice, and I know you have a copy of that too. Yep. Yeah, yeah, uh, inter- yeah. Interesting that you bring that one up. Anyways, uh, so <laughs> I think it's time for you to talk about the DC book that you have planned for today. Basket full of heads, right? So back to back weeks where the where the titles are spot on, right? So this oh, book is, really? I mean, it's exactly. Uh, you know, it's a basket full of heads. The main character is walking around with a basket, you know, of decapitated heads. Is that two uh, on the nose? 
No, no, it's um, it's perfect actually. It's it's yeah. <laughs> uh, so this was written by uh, Joe Hill, uh, son of uh, Stephen King. Uh, artist is Leo Max. Colorist is Dave Stewart, and the letterer is uh, Deron Bennett. And so this is one of the first books uh, that came out under Joe Hill's. Um, newest label called Hill House. So we, we all know Joe Hill uh, wrote Lock and Key, which is a, I mean, a, a phenomenal series. Great, great uh, uh, set of uh, comics there. I didn't watch the show only because the, sh the show, when it got reviewed by, you know, Dork and Mac and Goo and, and everyone I talked to, just, ah. So I, I stayed away from the show. Really? Uh, but um, Joe Hill's a great writer. I've read some of his novels. Um, and uh, I love Lock and Key, so I said, you know, let, as soon as this was announced, I said, I'm going to give it a shot. And what's neat about it is, though, even though it's his own uh, indie label, it's part of DC. It's uh, part of DC's Black Label, uh, which we've talked about and and we love. And and Black Label is the best. Yeah, I mean, ten times out of ten, I, I haven't read a Black Label book. Well, Harley Quinn criminals, Harley Joker criminal Sandy wasn't my cup of tea, but you know, and the for Superman the most part, one too, right? Wasn't it the Superman? Oh, one? Yeah, yeah, John Romita Jr. Yeah, thanks for reminding me about that. Again. <laughs> <laughs> so, but for the most part, DC Black Label not. It's done well for the most part, absolutely. Yeah. Sure. And, and and this is uh, you know this is no exception. So, you know, the title you know gives you the impression that this story is going to be a lot more brutal than it is. That's not to say that the story doesn't have its elements of its good horror elements, um, but it's not as uh, intense as some of the other books. You know, I've talked about this past month. Really? Um, yeah. I mean, like, like, I mean, it's basket full of heads. It's, it's, it's got some panels here where it's, 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 uh, it's gruesome, but you know, Joe Hill is very much like his father, right? He could tell a great horror um, mystery, suspense, uh, suspenseful story, and I think what Joe Hill does a little bit better than his old man is that it's not as over the top, and it's not as convoluted as some of Stephen King's books, you know, it can be. Um, so, basket full of heads would imply, and, and by looking at the cover here, which I'll which I'll pop up. I mean, mm -hmm. looks. Oh, there we go. Yeah, I mean that looks pretty gruesome, right? And it looks like pretty I terrifying. Said, yeah. It's it's not without you know its moments, but it's it's really so much more than that. It's a, it's a it's a mystery story taking place, you know, as as all King books will, as and even you know Joe Hill books will in Maine. Uh, mm -hmm. So it's sort of this beach, you know, it's a it's called um, Brody Island. It's a beach tourist uh, spot. I, I it sort of gave me the vibe of Jaws. You know that town in Jaws, you know, where they're, they're closing down the beaches, right? Cause yeah. It's got that kind of vibe to it, uh, you know, but it's in Maine. And like I said, it's got horror elements. It's got supernatural elements, um, but it's very intricate. And it, 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 it's, it's got, it goes from point A to point B. It's, it's very simple in that sense where you have a great story. It doesn't, like I said, doesn't get too convoluted. It doesn't go down this rabbit hole, go down that rabbit hole, only to circle back here and then, you know, um, there are some twists and turns along the way, but every book has action. Every book has a new reveal. And by the time you get to book seven, you think you know exactly how it's going to end. 
you 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 know who the players are, you know what the mystery is, and then you get one last twist that just really is the cherry on top uh, with this you know, with this book. And I know we've had the discussion before, is saying that there's a twist, a spoiler. And I would say when it comes to mystery books uh, and mystery stories, no, because we expect it, mm-hmm. right? That's yeah. what makes a good mystery story. That's what separates the good ones from the bad ones. Is right. that the good ones is you know there's a twist coming but it still surprises you. Okay, so then let me ask you this. When you, so you find out at the end that there's this twist that turns on its head and you had no idea. Oh my God, what, I didn't see this coming. But yeah. the, like, at what point did it start to – like you uh, by issue seven, you're saying you felt it was kind of – it become predictable. At what point did it start feeling like it had become that? Well, I wouldn't, I wouldn't use – I wouldn't say predictable is the word, okay. right? I, mean, I, I guess it is in a sense, but like – you're not thinking about it in terms of like, okay, I see this coming. Okay. Let's, let's get to the end. It's like, no, I want to know how it ends. Like you, like I said, you, you, you know who the players are at this point and, and you, and each, each issue, you get another layer of the mystery, another mm-hmm. layer of the story. So when you get to book seven, it's the climax of the story. And it happens, you know, like, okay, okay, good, good, good. This is, and then, Boom! You get that one last twist. You go, oh man, that was that was so. I didn't see that coming. That was that was so that was so good. Um, but it, it does carry. It, 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 even though, like I said, you kind of get that sense of where it's going. You still mm-hmm. get that suspense. You still get a new wrinkle. You still get a little twist uh, in, in in every in every book. And in, in just about every book, a new head gets added to the basket. So. <laughs> What's tricky about this book is that I don't want to say too much uh, because I don't want to spoil it. So I don't want to dive too deep into the characters um, or other other elements of it because uh, I don't want to spoil it. I, I really want people to read this um, because I know that if horror is not your thing, it's okay because it's a good mystery. It's a good uh, trying this to the least out. scary of the five. Did, was it five or four you've done this month? Uh, four, fourth one. Um, okay. I mean, yeah, yeah. It's not like there's no like, ah, you know, shit, that's gruesome, right, moments to this book. But like, I mean, the person who's lopping off the heads, I mean, it's still lopping off the head. That's See, and now we know that that's not how you actually act when something's scary. <laughs> right, right. <Yeah. laughs> so you still have that that visual, but there, there's, uh, you know, Joe Hill's uh, – Again, he's another one of these these writers that can really get you to feel for a character, right? Mm-hmm. He, he writes characters very well. He, and just like his dad, he tells a really good story, and he's able to kind of zigzag you uh, with, you know, zigzag in a way where you, you get your twists, but it's not like, what the, do I have to go? Like, I never once had to go back and reread something. Oh, okay. So, like, and, not, like I don't mean this in a condescending way, but he does a pretty good job, like, holding the reader's hand. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's. Okay. it's I, I never once like with Die, I got to constantly go back and read. Right, yeah. That's that's not a negative about Die. It's just it's it's heady. There's a lot going on there. Yes. Uh, with this, it's simple, and I don't mean to say that it, it's simple and it's short. And mm-hmm. I don't mean to like use those as negative terms. It's it's simple in the way that you can you can zip through all seven books really quickly, right? Because it's engaging, 
And the story, it, like I said, it's not convoluted. It doesn't take you this way, that way. I'm getting origins on this character here. I can't, I forget who that character is there. Right. No, it's boom, 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 boom. And it's well, uh, tremendous storytelling. Like, it makes sense to me that you'd want to have that for a horror, like a horror book where you want it to be a little bit easier to digest, especially if there's twists along the way, because yeah. it's already confusing as it is. With the scarier book, I would think, I don't want to keep dealing with this. Like, I, I have to go back and I have to look at this. And it's like, I'm, it, I would think it takes away from the yep. scariness of, of certain things because it's like, wait, where did this come from? Where am I right now? I don't, I don't even know when to be like, when, when should I feel the suspense? When is it hitting? So it, whereas yep. the other thing, um, die, we're dealing with the, because you're dealing with the whole world that's been built. So it totally yep. makes sense like it, that why things should be kind of confusing and convoluted. So right. you now I, I've the, all the book. I got Philadelphia is one that I'm definitely going to read, and there's probably I think there's another. I may read all of them that you've suggested. I'm not certain, but I know Philadelphia is one I'm definitely going to go back and look at. Yeah. With this, to me, it sounds like it's a good one for people who aren't necessarily into horror quite as much because you're still going to get a little bit of scare, but it's not like holy shit. Like I, I I'm going to have that vision, you know, ingrained in my brain when I go to sleep tonight. Yeah, Philadelphia is way more visceral uh, than this book is. Uh, again, that's not to say I don't want to like downplay it, uh, but you know the thing is like you read something called Basket Full of Heads, you kind of have this preconceived notion that it's going to be a blood fest, right? I mean, again, look at the cover; it's it's a person in a raincoat with a bloody hatchet, blood on the raincoat, and and these creepy eyes looking mm. out of a, out of a bread basket, right? Out of a picnic basket. So like that alone Sounds like might ex. turn people off, right? Right, but. When you start reading it, you know the artwork's the artwork's great. To me, it's sort of got like that late '90s comic kind of you know art to it, um, mo much more refined. But it's kind of got a little little slightly old school feel to it. Not like you know, not like Black Hammer, um, which I know is not your cup of tea. Um, but the but the art's great. And um, <laughs> I it, haven't even read that one yet. I'm not saying I, I'm not saying I'm guaranteed I, going to. I'm but, just saying the art wasn't initially your cup of tea, right? True. Um, but you know, it's it's more it's it's just more than that. It's like it's this mystery. You want it, you know the the premise of the story is uh, again it's this it's a small island, is small vacation island, and it's the end of the summer, and there's a young cop who's a who's a deputy who wants to join the force full time, but it's his last shift. He's got to go back to school. His girlfriend in from out of town, smoking babe. By the way, for this, this <laughs> yeah. But uh, uh, but what happens is uh, uh, a bus carrying convicts uh, gets into an accident. Four convicts escape, and the the sheriff, uh, you know, goes on the manhunt to find those convicts, and you know he sends uh, Liam, who's the deputy. Um, he sends him. He says, "Go to my house. My wife's got this whole dinner, end of the summer dinner plan. Go there, keep them safe. Um, I'm gonna go do this, and then from there, this mystery unfolds, and there's a lot more going on in this small, you know, you know, uh, vacation community than meets the eye. And it's just, it's just a great story. And, and the road it goes down, and where it ends up, it's so great and so satisfying. The way it ends is so satisfying. Um, That's good. It's, it's, I, I can't recommend it enough." Okay, so now we have one more uh, horror book, right? Or like scary book that you're going to be end up doing, right? Yep, yep. Next week. Okay, so so next week when we wrap up Dorktober, I want you to tell me of the five that you've recommended. Like I want you to rank them because since okay. we're doing a theme and everything. I'm really curious where you stand with these. 
um, you know, just as a thing to wrap it all up, because I, I, I'm, I'm like, I think it's, you know, with, with our readers, they can't necessarily go and buy them all. I mean, that's why we do this, right? Cause we can't yep. go and get everything. So now they know, okay, you've given me five horror titles, but which ones are like the one you love the most? I know you've kind of said it before, but yeah. maybe we'll just go with that um, next time. But love it. I um so, but this does sound like a good one. I had I I had eyeballed it before. I know DC tried to make a big deal about it too when it was um going on and everything. And it seems like a good time as any to pick pick something like that up. You brought up though art that's not always my cup of tea, which kind of leads in well to what I'm talking about this week. This is a book that normally. Art-wise, I would not be drawn to. This is The Seven Deadly Sins, which is a TKO Studios book. Of course, we talk about them quite a bit because, you know, look, Doc, Doc's, Doc's spot on with Boom. Like, they, they are doing great work. It's very exciting. Image is doing an awesome job, too. Obviously, Die and Undiscovered Country are probably our two favorite books that they have going on right yeah. now. Right? Mm -hmm. I still yep. like Spawn is such a kick-ass character. I mean, I think he can right. be written a little bit better, but he looks outstanding. But – TKO Studios is one that I've had my eye on for a while ever since Sarah was was the, the first book that caught my eye from them. And after reading it, I, like, oh, I, I got to give them more of a chance. So this is written by Z Chun, who is one of the you know we mentioned a co-founder before of TKO Studios. He's also a co-founder. He actually uh, was a writer and I believe a producer on the show Gotham. Yep. And he's done some other stuff as well too, but that was the one that stood out to me most. The art is by Artyom Trakhanov. Hope I got that right. Color by Julia Brusco, Brusco, and then lettered by Jared K. Fletcher. So this is uh, this is a book set in the West in like 1867. Yeah, 1867. We're in Texas, Mexico. You kind of like I, I don't. I know you start off in Texas, but I don't know if you go back and forth. So you kind of have an idea of what the vibe's going to be. But what was so? What, I guess the art was to turn off for me originally with this because you're dealing with. Some pretty. You've seen the art for this, right, Doc? Yes. Okay. So for for those who are watching on the show, I mean, first of all, the books for TKO. Doc has said before in the past with when it comes to um, what is it, Black Label? How they kind of get too much like a magazine. It, to me, those feel like mini coffee table books when I look at those sometimes. Yeah. Now with with these though, this to me is more like a magazine just because it's a little bit taller, but of course it's a trade, so it's a little bit thicker. But the art in this is pretty it's pretty gruesome. And I'll I'll try and find one on the yeah, here's a couple pages right here that I can show you and the readers. But um it's just like it's some nasty stuff here. I mean look at that. <laughs> They got the creases in these characters' faces. They're all ugly sons of bitches too. Um and, and like, don't get me wrong. Like, you know, you can have ugly characters and stuff, and you can have people who aren't, you know, jacked and whatever. I don't care about that. That's not the point. I'm saying like they are worn down. These people have all seen some shit. And at first, it's like oh, this is a bit of a turnoff. But then, as I got to reading it, it's like, wait a minute. Not everybody's like that. Some of these characters look like okay, fine. Like, no, I don't want to say normal people or whatever, but just like right. the, it's they were like caricatures in a bad way. And then, but then we see with like kids, you know, that, that are in this book, they look like innocent kids. They're not all, their faces are not all, like they haven't seen anything. And I thought that was a really interesting choice because we're dealing with a lot of outlaws in this and, and outlaws. And then some people who aren't viewed as outlaws, but they're friggin' assholes. And, and it's, it's, you got a mix of that, but all of those people who are bad, like they, they wear it on their face. And I think that's so interesting because that does happen to people. We see it in movies sometimes where like with um, 
Colin Farrell as a penguin, right? Obviously, that's all makeup, but the idea is like he's he's a scumbag. He's he's had he's had stuff done to him. He's done stuff to people, whatever. And his face is just so worn and everything. And I, I love that. That's what you want to see. So you know, we're dealing with a western. We have a vibe. The vibe we have um, a set of characters who a diverse set of characters, which I don't think we always necessarily get in um, in westerns. We have Jericho Marsh, who's He's the main guy. He's a freed slave, former Union soldier. He's like he's a total badass, but at the same time, he kind of has like this like is he a badass or is he like is he a little bit too far? Has he gone a little bit too far? He's definitely had some wrong shit done to him. He's definitely trying to do right by certain people that are important to him in his life, but it's like he might be just a little bit too unhinged. Um, okay. You don't have a tough time rooting for him, but you definitely ask questions about him along the way. And then there's some other characters who are just clear as day dinks. You have the this Mexican priest, Antonio, who doesn't fall into that category necessarily, but he's got this guilt that he has to deal with that Jericho and others are helping him with. We have um, – is it Maylene or Marlene? I might have written that down incorrectly. But she's um, she's another character who is a who was a slave, and she's – I mean, of all the people that are there that shouldn't be there, it's her. It's not her fault. It's like, well, yeah, it's not her fault. And and it's, you know, uh, what they dealt with in the times, certain people obviously got helped this ridiculously raw deal, but there are some who got handed even worse deals. And Marlene, or Maylene, pardon me, she gets it worse than anybody, I would say. And you guys will see why what I mean. And it's it's um, it's, it's like it sucks. And, and then you have Palefoot, who is a, a white man that is with working who is part of the Comanche tribe that, that we're dealing with throughout all of this too. And he has an interesting wrinkle to everything. And then there's father Threadgill, who's the biggest a-hole probably in this entire story. So I really enjoy this. Again, the art at first you look at it and it's not sexy. It's not, but there is a point to it. And that makes me appreciate it even more. And there are things, you know, that we've kind of seen before, but there's some other shit. It's like, there's there's definitely in this book an oh shit did that seriously just happen moment, and um, I don't, I'm not going to give away when that happened, but it's, I, I can't right. you I guarantee you won't see it coming. Does the does the title of the book have anything to do like is you know does it have anything to do you know with the characters you know this the idea of the seven deadly sins is it like is it just the title of the book or do the seven deadly sins actually play out with these characters and it has sort of this theme throughout the book you know i was looking at these these the deadly seven deadly sins are mentioned at one point in this book for sure they're mentioned fairly early on and one the character who brings it up labels himself as as being the embodiment of one of the seven deadly sins and then we see six other characters that that individual is associated becomes associated with and i think each of them do embody one of those sins but I didn't take the time to go back and look at what each right. one was. But I definitely think that – I mean I, I know one – I believe gluttony is one, yeah. correct? Yep. Yeah, yep. gluttony is definitely embodied um, in, in one character in particular. And then and then there are a few others. Yeah, I think I think we'll see that. You'll see that play on all this. But it, to me, it's just like I looked for it, but then I was like, you know what? I'm trying to we, – when we do this, you know, yeah, I, when I write a review, I'm looking at it from all different angles. But I care most about like what is – the average person who just wants to read a good book, what do they care about? They don't necessarily care about like if the symbolism, you have to really think about it that much, then I don't, then it's not really important to the readers. Right. So we, we've, I, I, I joked about this earlier with, 
with Black Hammer and, and, and the art and it not necessarily being a cup of tea. You brought it up again with this one. I guess what I want to know is since we've been doing this, have you, you know, with us going back and forth and talking about it, are you finding now that when you're choosing books or reading books going, you know, forward or just sort of currently that you're giving the, you know, books that you might have uh, not picked up because of the art you are because yes. you, you, you want to be, you want to see what the story is. Yeah, you know, and absolutely. You know, books more of a chance than you would have uh, in the past. Absolutely. And die was the biggest one for me in all of that. It definitely made a huge difference. There are still, some styles like the old school stuff i have I, it, like black camera i'm gonna have a tougher time picking that one up because of the art because of the way you described it for sure but die is one that normally would be like eh, you know maybe not but you tell me the story and everything you give me an idea okay and, and then obviously I, so now knowing that where something might not be quite as appealing to me just at first yeah I, I will give it a shot because you know what doc the thing is that's so important that i realized i think is just with die it has to match what's going on with right. what the story is. Like if it, 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 like the cable books that I think it was from like the early two thousands or it's from the aughts. When I read those, I felt like uh, this is, this is too epic. This art, it's yeah. too like too realistic for me. I don't like it. It doesn't feel like, like don't get me wrong. It's a serious friggin' story. We're talking about like the end, like the mutant Messiah and everything for sure. But yeah. I, I don't know. It just, Maybe it was because of the X Men. Maybe it's because of how I view Cable. Maybe it's just because of what I want. I don't know, but it just, it didn't it didn't sit well with me, and that's where I kind of was like, all right, I'm going to try and stick more to things that I am like. There's certain types of artists that I like, and I'll try and stick with that more. But now, Die totally changed that for me. Yeah, and 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 I've noticed that with myself as well. Though, you know, I've been giving books a little bit more of a. I, I came out wrong. I don't want to say I've been giving books more of a chance than you have, but. Like there was a book, a prime example for me was this book by Boom called King of Nowhere. Mm. And that was a Boom, number one. I, I, I was looking at it, uh, looking at the cover. Okay, this sounds interesting. And I went to, when I went to go pick it up, I flipped through it and I said, nope, not, not going to read this book. Not my cup of tea. Because the art was, it was out there, man. It was, mm. it was, it was trippy. It was sketchy. Uh, just... It wasn't my cup of tea and mm -hmm. I see DJs in here in the chat. And so I mentioned to him this before is that him and his partner, John on Brightside, they talked about this book and they really liked it. And so I said, hey, you know what, Joseph, go give it a fucking chance. Go, go. So I went back the next day, <laughs> picked it up, read it. You know what? And, and I liked it because one of the things they said was the art, the bananas art matches the banana story. Mm -hmm. And even though it was bananas and, and a bit out there, uh, there was still a good, there was a good story there. And I'm not, so I think where I'm at now is I'm not going to completely dismiss a book now because of the art, mm. but the art will play a factor uh, if I'm not a hundred percent committed to the story. Of course it has to play a factor at all. Cause you can make I Mega Man, right? I picked up Absolutely. Mega Man on a friggin' whim and there is a good story there. But the art is it just the fucking neck, man. I can't get right. over it. And the story isn't strong enough to get mm -hmm. me past that. Yeah. In, in that know? instance, too, you're dealing with a property that you've known for a long time. You've seen him drawn in a few ways and you know how he's supposed yeah. to look. So if that was if you had gotten Mega Man and 
this is just some made up character and he, let's just, he, there was never a Mega Man before, you might be more open to it. And that's the thing about indie books, they have such a huge advantage for artists, especially if they, if they want to go and try these different things and see how it might sit with somebody. But yeah, right. I, but I'm, I'm, I'm with you. Like it's, it's art has to play a factor in it all, but there were definitely times where I let it drive the bus too much. I think right. with, I think with, Marvel and DC, it's a little bit more important because we've talked about many a time how you can get books and it's just like, uh, it's like, just pick it up. We don't need to, like, you're, you're yeah. drawing it out an extra issue or two. We don't need to do that or you need to find something better to fill in this space. But yeah. if they get some, if you get a couple awesome pictures, you get a kick ass cover too, then all right, then you're fine. So, but with yeah. the indie art, you can get away with a little more because just like if they're their own characters, you think yeah. they're going wild with it. But, um, so yeah, Seven Deadly Sins from TKO Studios. And I, you did mention DJ's in the chat. And he brought up the 7 p.m. start is going to be tough. Um, but unfortunately, DJ, it's it's a work thing on my end. So that's why Doc and I kind of had to make the the, the adjustment. But yes, you guys can catch the audio version of it now on the Change My Mind channel. What? We forgot to mention, we're now on uh, Twitter live. Streaming. Oh, yes, yes. Yeah. You, <laughs> yes, you can. Yeah, we're on Twitter live too on the Change My Mind podcast channel too. So you have uh, on the account, I should say, for that. Yes. So we have we have all that there. Yeah, I figured we were fine. So where, wherever you guys want to watch us now, we have three spots, and you can listen to us in the audio version. Yeah. All right. So I know next week we're st- we should we should have another Friarside chat coming. I don't want to say more than that, but we did tease on Change My Mind. But we should have another one coming. I'm thinking it's going to be Wednesday. So if you guys haven't subscribed already to the audio channel, make sure you do because there won't be a video version of that. And Doc, you twitching tonight? After this, I am twitching tonight. So at eight thirty, uh, we're gonna have uh, our uh, bi-monthly uh, Barf League Madden draft. So we're gonna get all the guys in a party chat. I'll be streaming um, our, our draft for the upcoming uh, Madden season, and then following that, uh, Call of Duty uh, has uh, the the War Zone has a Halloween theme, which you've seen on my videos of me shitting my pants. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'll be playing uh, that. My buddy God. Billy and uh, and my buddy Tom. So uh, expect me to swear and scream and shout like a little girl. <laughs> nice. <laughs> and Very then nice. what do we have coming up after this? Uh, well, actually, real quick, I just remembered for next oh, week, right. too, for, for TLDR 13, Joker, um, Batman 3 Jokers comes out, the third issue of that comes out next week. So we will be talking about that. We've been talking about it all along. We're still going to do our normal two books that we talk about. We may touch on that a little bit in the beginning of the episode, but we're absolutely going to get into spoilers for that, that, um, for Jokers, sorry, sorry, for Batman three Jokers at the end of next episode. So later yeah. on, if you guys are getting into the stream later, whatever, just bear that in mind. We'll have the banner across and everything. So you guys know that we're doing spoilers, but we're definitely going to get into that because yeah, because we've both loved it so far and hopefully it, it has a good, uh, good finale. But other than that, course change my mind next week you know same time as always always comes out on tuesday and then furlough friends is moved to friday and tuesdays and fridays now no thursdays after this so i again because of work so (laughs) all right uh sorry so until next week doc stay sexy you know it